today on Laura Lin and Friends. But I'm telling you, Central America is being taken. It's being taken by the Chinese Communist Party, slowly but surely. We had a meeting at dinner a couple nights ago where a very well-informed man said, uh, China is, is not planning to conquer the world, they plan to become the world. And I asked him to repeat that. And he repeated and expounded a bit. They are doing what he just said. They are becoming that thing. They're not going to attack Panama in some overt way with tanks. Uh, it'll be just, we absorb them like, and I say we CCP, like they did to Hong Kong. Well, hello and welcome to the, uh, the beginning of the end of time. Is that what it is? I don't know. Are we in the middle? <laughs> I don't know where we're at. But I will tell you that uh, things are heating up in the world and it's gone crazier than we ever thought it would. Nobody could predict a few years ago that we would be seeing the kinds of nuttiness that we're seeing at this hour. And uh, when we talk about the southern border and all that's going on, um, it's leading a lot of people to be very, very concerned about what's happening in America. We're going to have a guest on to discuss all that. But, but first, I want to uh, read from my dad's Bible because um, he left this world just over two years ago and one of my favorite people of all time. And I miss him a lot. And he uh, left me his Bible. I don't know if he left it for me, but I just stole it. Like when he was gone, I just went in the house and took it. And uh, now I come to find out. I had no idea how how much time he spent in this Bible and how he marked it from stem to stern. And I always like to read something that he's underlined. So today it opened to Hosea 6 and it says, uh, verse 1, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he has torn us and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. It goes on with uh, quite a bit of the passage of Hosea 6, um, you know, that he goes into. And the thing is um, about Hosea and that passage is that God is a God who understands war. He understands the tearing part of life. Um, he understands that Life in and of itself is brutal. He never intended that. You know, with Adam and Eve, he wanted it to be perfect. But they ate of the knowledge of the tree, uh, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And from then on, we kind of knew stuff that we weren't really intended to know. And we knew that we could be evil. And ever since then, the most evil and vile people have been doing things to humanity that we cannot even fathom. And it does actually really boggle the mind. Well, somebody who's following some of those evil things that are being done, somebody who is courageous and very daring and uh, goes where, you know, kind of like Star Trek, you know, where uh, men have not dared to go before. That's where you'll find Michael Yon. And you may have seen him on Alex Jones. He's hosted the show. Michael Yon is a war correspondence, uh, correspondent. He's an author and an analyst. He's worked and traveled to nearly 100 countries, including into numerous wars and conflicts. He's currently in Central America studying invasion flows into the U.S. and what has all the makings of a Chinese takeover of Panama. At the age of 19, Michael Yan successfully completed Green Beret training. His Green Beret experience taught him the art of observing and surviving in the most dangerous environments on Earth. Combining his skills as a writer, photographer, and with the encouragement of fellow veterans, Michael began his correspondent career by traveling to Iraq 
in December of 2004. That was the first step in his early 20-year journey traveling the globe to report on world events firsthand. And Michael, we just welcome you to the show and thank you very much for being a little bit like James Bond and, uh, you know, maybe, um, you know, a Green Beret dude, like uh, fighting, fighting all the bad guys all on your own. We appreciate your courage and thank you for being here. Thank you. It's definitely not all on my own. You see, there's a lot of epic uh, people doing epic things like uh, Anthony Rubin, whom you presciently had on your show recently. Yes. Uh, you know, he just went through the Darien Gap with a bunch of Chinese and Venezuelans and Syrians who were quite dangerous. He had, had taken Anthony down to the Darien Gap before, but then he, he got a document that was 200 pages long in Mandarin. He had it translated to English. And then he flew back down to Quito, Ecuador and started that, that map was, a, 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 or I'm sorry, that document was, is shared by Chinese who are invading the United States. And it tells them where to go, the routes to take, the hotels to stay in, the names and numbers of the coyotes, or what they call them snakeheads, uh, and uh, that sort of thing. So he went, he flew down there and actually stayed in some of those hotels, went through the Darien Gap with them, and eventually got kidnapped uh, almost four, well, four weeks ago today, I guess. Yeah, four weeks ago, one month ago today, he got kidnapped in Mexico. Luckily, he was released. He was on Alex Jones today, live, laying it out with the maps and stuff. You know, interestingly, after Anthony got kidnapped, he's only 26 years old. I say only 26, but I mean, he's a grown man. I consider, I, I hate it when I hear people say so-and-so is only, you know, 20 years old. You know, when I was 19, I was a... I was a Green Beret, and there were other people when they were like 18, they were storming the beaches of Normandy, you know? So it's like, they're, they're, you're a grown man, you know what I mean? This, but he's 26, and he's a stud. And he was out there with his brother, 22. They went through all that, the Darien Gap, got kidnapped uh, by golf cartel near SpaceX, actually, on the, on, the, um, on the Mexican side. SpaceX is on the U.S. side at Boca Chica. But uh, so they could actually see the launch tower with the, you know, Starship was on the launch uh, platform. They could see it, they could see the light flashing when they got kidnapped actually on the launch pad. Anyway, long story short, golf cartel who had murdered two Americans in that same area in March of this year and uh, kidnapped four in total, murdered two, wounded the other two. And uh, they immediately uh, apologized actually and, and gave the bodies back and the wounded Americans back and apologize to the families and to the U.S. government because the Gulf Cartel works very closely with the U.S. government. Friends, actually, Anthony told me, I was just on the phone with him 30 minutes ago. He said that he just uh, saw, uh, he's in Texas now, he just saw somebody with a Gulf Cartel hat on at a restaurant. I mean, they're just brazenly, you know, a CDG hat, uh, Cartel del Golfo. They're just brazenly, uh, you know, in the United States, actively working with our government. They're basically wearing their jerseys in the United States. And, and so um, anyway, long story short, his gear was smashed and his phone was smashed and all that. They didn't steal it. They, they have all the money in the world. Uh, and they, they, they took Anthony and his brother, the golf cartel, uh, you know, one month ago today and, and gave them back to U.S. authorities or turned, brought them to the Matamoros-Brownsville uh, crossing anyway, and then crossed it, they crossed into the United States. So anyway, there's a lot of us out here doing the job that our government should be doing, uh, but our government's not backing anything up. We're providing incredible amounts of everything under the sun, and but the gov the U.S. government itself is 
is largely compromised, at least the critical mass is. There are a lot of patriots within the government, a lot of absolutely true Americans who would die for this country, fight for this country, and have fought for this country for years. But but the, 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 the key elements, for instance, top leadership of U.S. Border Protection or Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, or the, the meathead in the White House, all these people are completely captured, uh, as are, you know, for instance, Cast uh, Castro, I'm sorry, Trudeau, up in, uh, that, literally <laughs> slipped, that literally slipped out. I don't know if he's related. That, that was actually... That was that was a that was a Freudian slip right. for sure, and I, I don't it. actually know. I, that was I can't believe it. Anyway, but the bottom funny. line, you can see what's in my mind. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that he's related. That was truly a Freudian slip, and uh, but um, but um, I don't know if he is or not. But he certainly is related in ideology, and he and is, so and, but these and people he looks are, like him. Mm -mm. He does oddly. It's weird. And uh, it's weird. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of us, including you, right? And there's a lot of us all around. There are people all over, and Vandersteel, so many that are fighting hard yeah. are over in, J in Japan. Masako uh, Ganaha is absolutely incredible. She would be excellent on your show from the Japanese side. She's the Japanese journalist who actually tracked down Klaus Schwab, waited for three hours in the cold. You know, it was up in Switzerland, in Davos last January, and, uh, and, and, and confronted... I've never seen anybody get that close to Klaus Schwab and confront him. She did, and she didn't back off when they tried to brush her off, and, and uh, he was dismissive. Anyway, the, 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 the video went viral, just millions of shares. It's, it's quite an interesting uh, video. But wow. anyway, there are a lot of us around the world. It's not like it's just, um, uh, you know, we're making some progress in some areas and setbacks in the others, but that's the nature of war. We are actually in a war. Uh, one of the One of the... Uh, it, it, main parts of winning a war is not to quit when you're behind. It doesn't mean that the enemy is omnipotent. They are not. And they are not omniscient. If they were omnipotent, we actually would be dead right now. Uh, they have, they are powerful. They are, they're quite smart. And, and they know a lot of things, but they don't know everything. And, and again, if they were omnipotent, we would already be dead. We're slowing them down and they're getting desperate, which means they may do absolutely anything. You see what they've done in Ukraine, wasting hundreds of billions of dollars and unknown numbers of lives. Uh, many of us saw this from the beginning. We're like, don't do it, don't do it. It's another trap. Uh, and, and they're just draining us out while things like Panama, one of the most vital pieces of terrain on planet Earth, especially for Americans, is Panama and the Panama Canal. Panama itself and the Panama Canal. And this is being lost. I mean, it's being fumbled. Meanwhile, you see Venezuela, uh, you know, buffing up right now, getting ready to go for Guyana, or as Americans say, Guyana. Uh, and, and also, um, it looks like at this point, you know, a, a good person to listen to on, 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 on Venezuela and all things Latin America actually is Joseph Humeyer. He's brilliant. Every time I talk with Joseph, I just, I just go quiet, like press play and listen, right? And so he, he does a lot of interviews. He, he's a very important person to listen to. Joseph mentioned yesterday, we were on a uh, sort of a joint conference call with Frank Gaffney and some others. Joseph mentioned that, um, that he thinks, well, Venezuela is going to take a bite out of Guyana. That's clear. And also Brazil may and Suriname. So what may be left of Guyana when it's over is just a sliver 
around near where Georgetown, the capital is, you know, on the Atlantic coast, people say Guyana is a, a uh, Caribbean nation, but actually it's on the Atlantic, neither here nor there. But the bottom line is Guyana is a small country, small population, tiny military against, you know, Venezuela as one example, uh, who has the backing of China, Iran, Russia, uh, and does not have the backing of the United States, or at least not any serious backing, uh, because our Navy is running around in the Red Sea, and we've been pumping all of our assets into black holes like Afghanistan, where I spent two years. And actually, I was, by the way, in 2006, I was one of the, I was certainly the first major writer, to my knowledge, that was saying explicitly that the war is being lost. I wrote 12 major dispatches from Afghanistan in 2012 saying this, the war was being lost. Now, a lot of people might say, well, of course, but it wasn't of course at that time. At that time, saying that uh, Afghanistan was being lost uh, was like heresy. And, and even people that were against the war didn't believe that. But I did because I was on the ground there. And I had just left Iraq and I went straight to Afghanistan. I was like, good, I'm gonna go to the war that we won, I thought, in Afghanistan or we're winning. And I was there even in the first month, I was like, wait, this is, I was not embedded with the US or any uh, forces in that first trip to Afghanistan. I was, of the two years I spent in Afghanistan, one year was alone or just out with Afghans and, and, and sometimes contractors. Uh, and one year was with the British and US militaries and um, Lithuanians as well and some others. But the bottom line is, is it was, readily apparent just almost instantly that the war in 2006 that it was going badly and what i'm getting to is a lot of things one is you have to go you have to see for yourself and you have to know what you're looking at suddenly we've got a lot of experts on guiana who didn't even know where it existed uh th that it even existed and if they had heard of it before they probably thought it was in africa somewhere they'd take a stab and say well of course it's in central africa actually it's in south america and and it's an english-speaking country but suddenly we've got a lot of experts there's the same with afghanistan there's the same with iraq suddenly you've got huge amounts of experts who will you know they'll just read you know they'll just read a, a few dozen articles on the place which are written by mainstream media mostly. And the really ambitious ones will actually read a book or two, you know, but very few will actually go down there and spend a significant amount of time to, and, and also you need to know what you're looking for. It's not enough to just go. You have to have developed a knowledge set that is, that is informative. For instance, you know, let's say a, 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 a an oncologist can walk into a room and probably instant, you know, somebody that's been doing it for 30 years can say, hey, this patient has probably does have cancer. And he hasn't seen a test yet because he just knows, he knows by having done this for so long, right? I've become like that when it comes to war. I can sort of walk in and tell you, hey, this is going in our favor, it's not going in our favor. And it's just, it's, it, it's beyond explanation at some point because the knowledge is too textured and it's too um, intuitive at some point. At some point, you know, when you're at the low skill level, everything has to be deductive. But when you get to a higher skill level, it's more intuitive, right? And, uh, and, and, and you know, and what we've got now is a lot of people talking about Guiana and Piana, and, and sorry, Panama. It's all deductive. 
but and, and, and they're not even going there to look. But I'm telling you, Central America is being taken. It's being taken by the Chinese Communist Party slowly but surely. We had a meeting at dinner a couple of nights ago where a very well-informed man said, uh, China is, is not planning to, and this is somebody who's quite well-informed on the subject, is not planning to conquer the world. They plan to become the world, right? China, and I said, and I asked him to repeat that. And he repeated and expounded a bit, but basically, and that's what I see. When I go around the world, I spent about 18 years in Asia, about a year running around China alone, another year in India, another year in Nepal, and just all over Asia, a couple dozen countries just in Asia, right? I've got a feel for what China's up to. I, I, you know, I spent another more than six years in Europe. I've got a good feel, right, on what's going on here in Central America. They are doing what he just said. They are becoming that thing. They're not going to attack Panama in some overt way with tanks. Uh, it'll be just we absorb them like I say we CCP like they did to Hong Kong. I was there in Hong Kong when they took they kicked me out of Hong Kong. If you look up my name in Hong Kong, you'll see them. It, it was in the media when they expelled me, put me on the airplane, and said goodbye. Right, and uh, and so and I was there for seven months during those last spasms when Hong Kong was resisting. And very few people, stood, no nations to my knowledge, stood up to, well, Taiwan. Uh, Ta I'm sorry, Taiwan did, stood up behind Hong Kong. But otherwise, Hong Kong was just left on its own uh, to be picked by the CCP. The Chinese Communist Party has taken it, and Taiwan knows they're next. And as are other nations like Panama. Well, that's kind of how uh, we're interpreting it when we see that uh, we've got all of these people coming through uh, the southern border, 24 to 26,000. But you're saying that, I mean, this is much bigger as well than just the United States. Um, here in Canada, we're concerned because we have Chinese uh, police stations that are being set up that are intimidating Chinese people who are now considering themselves to be Canadians. So what is going on? Do you think there's a potential? Because um, this, this uh, stuff that's being uncovered by Anthony and yourself and you're really showing what's happening, do you think there's a potential, though, that they could literally declare a war? Like, or, or it won't be declaring a war against us. It'll just be, well, occupation and being everywhere. Look, when... President Xi of the Chinese Communist Party landed in San Francisco recently. Notice he met with Newsom. He did not go to Washington. And I've been saying for quite some time, I think that they'll want to make San Francisco sort of the Chinese capital in the United States. And I, I went to school in San Francisco. I'm somewhat familiar with it. I was there again last year. And you can, it went to Chinatown and all that. that, not that, that. But the bottom line is, is, they, it's clear that, that she wishes to make Newsom the, basically the, the latest, the president of the United States and a representative of Chinese Communist Party. Uh, he'll just be just like, just like Castro is, right? I'm sorry, I said it again. Literally a Freudian slip. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not joking. Something is misfiring. I need some sleep. But the, but the, uh, but, but um, yeah. And so, um, you know, anyway, the truth just begs to get out, you know, right. uh, 
It's you know you know Alex Jones said something the other day with Elon Musk on that long. Uh, I, I watched the entire thing on the, it was an hour and a half when when he was when Alex Jones was reinstated to uh, to to Twitter X. Actually, right. Alex just sent me a message as we were about to go live. Uh, and the, cool. uh, Alex said something about um, uh, it takes a lot of lies to keep a lie alive, right? I mean, sometimes you just have to. It takes a lot of effort. And Masako and I were talking about this yesterday after he mentioned that, because it's true. I mean, to keep a lie alive, you just have to keep printing more lies, right? More fiat truth. You know what I mean? It's a, it's, it's just fake, right? And it takes a lot of fake. Even in the, remember the, the movie Apocalypse Now, what did, what did he say? That brilliant comment, something like, you, you needed wings to keep above the bullshit or something along those lines, right? The shit piles up so high you need wings to stay above it. You know, as somebody who spent years in different wars and conflicts, I can confirm that statement. They just, you just need like a, a one of those concrete mixing machines pump constantly pushing it out right and, and and to keep to to keep because the truth wants to get out the truth tries to get out it's like the truth is like helium you know it'll just get through every little crack and so they have to smash that truth down they had to keep alex jones off of twitter and most of the many people watching this will go it was about the sandy hook claims and blah 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 but if you when i ask people i say actually now that you brought that up, can you send me the actual video where Alex said these exact things that you just said? I can never send them. I appreciate what you're saying. Like you're you're saying, like, do you think we literally are at war? It's a different kind of war. It's a different kind of tactic, but we're not being protected. Uh, I'm I'm assuming you're basically you're American, right, Michael? I'm 100% American. I was saying yeah. my my family came. My, I, in my family, I have no ancestral memories of any other, any, any other country, no other nations. I mean, my culture is Scots-Irish, right? Uh, but, but I don't have any ancestral knowledge at all. I mean, my family name on my mother's side who were shipwrecked in 1609, that's the Eason's, right? And, 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 and if you go to over to Ireland and, and those parts today, that's the number one bookstore maybe that's why i love books so much because maybe i'm a eason actually well i am eason but i actually i'm a yawn but anyway they but my what i'm saying is all of my family tree i had at least two grandfathers that fought in the revolutionary war right i mean i, I, I when my family got to jamestown in 1610 the united states would not even be born yet for in what another 160 years right 166 years more right i mean so it's like uh you know so i mean my family was in the United, was in America still more than a century and a half before it became the United States and then fought in the, and fought in the Revolutionary War to make that happen. I'm as, I'm as American, American as it gets. As American Te gets. Technically, I'm a Native American because I was in America before it was the United States. And, the, and so what, what's this a, 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 a balance of who got here first? Well, I mean, how many people came over from over the Bering Straits or parachuted in or however they got here? I mean, you know, it's like the Hawaiians are like, hey, you know, the, they came and took our land. Well, you took it from the Tahitians, right? I mean, you know, who, which tide do we count as, oh, you're technically a Native American? Okay, so I'm a Native American. I want my money. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> You'll never hear me say that because that's not a Scott Irish way to be. And by the way, one thing about the Scott Irish culture, there's a great book called Born Fighting that describes the culture. I read it and I'm like, yep, yeah, that's actually our culture. Uh, it, it's a very intense culture, the Scots Irish. And I don't mean Scottish and Irish are different than Scots Irish. They're Scottish who marry Irish. That's, you know, my mother was Scottish, my father was Scot Irish or whatever. That's a mixture. There's the, a, a whole different culture called Scots Irish, Ulster, Ulster Scots, right? And that's a whole separate culture, right? A lot of people mix those up. That is sort of the backbone culture of the United States. That's literally the culture that Obama would love to kill, is my specific culture. That is the culture that produced most of the presidents and most of the Apollo astronauts and a lot of drug smuggling wife beaters too. It's a very intense culture on whichever direction you go. It's, you know, it's the, basically the, the literally white trash was named after us and, you know, craters on the moon. So, and presidents and Houston and all kinds of other places, right? Scott Irish are, 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 anyway, I'm as American as it gets. You'll never hear an American say, uh, Scott Irish say that I'm that. We always say, I'm American. I'm American. American. I'm American. That's all I am. That's all I'll ever be. I'm not yeah. going to run away from America. I've lived all over the world. I've spent most of the, most of my life outside of the United States. And yet I came home to the United States when I saw the United States in trouble. I had been gone for most of the last 20 years. And when I saw the United States in danger of going into civil war, which I'm quite confident that it will, uh, I returned to the United States in 2020. But again, I'd spent the, the vast majority of my life has been overseas. But the last 20 years, especially during the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and so many other conflicts, I'd just been downrange. And then I saw what's happening. Our borders are open. They're pushing these death jabs. They're, this is a hybrid war, right? It's called a hybrid war where you've got intense information war. You've got this chemical warfare with fentanyl. What is that? Chemical warfare or biological warfare? Whatever. It's a hybrid war. The, 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 the death jabs, the, 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 the pandemic, and whatever comes next. It's very clear that at some point the lights are probably going to go out. Right? And that the, and the water will be polluted. Ideological yeah. and cultural war. And when you bring up Obama and his hatred, really his true hatred for America and all, you know, and he spread that into, you know, Biden. Some people say Obama's actually running the show. I don't know why Obama's not getting rid of Biden then, but, you know, he seems to have a little bit limited power. But they're destroying your country as an American. Like when you see this, you must be heart sick. Yeah, but I'm not quitting. I mean, that's why I came back to the United States. I'm in Honduras now. This is obviously uh, downrange from the United States because I'm telling people downrange what the flows are like before they get there. When I, you know what? Uh, it, it's a very, most of the border patrol that I meet on the border, I call that, I call the border the eggshell. Most of the border patrol have no idea how those people even got on the other side. I ask them all the time. I would say fewer than 5% of the border patrol actually have even heard of the Darien Gap. If you're, if you know Border Patrol or you are Border Patrol, ask yourself, do I, have I ever heard of, not heard of it just randomly, but maybe scratching your memory, but do you know what Darien Gap is? Most of, the, most of them don't. If they do, they've only known about it recently. Uh, and what I'm getting to is most of them, they're just doing their job on the border and loading the buses with the invaders who are coming in, right? They're, they're, they're just uh, helping to invade the United States. 
uh, literally the board, the, the border protection. When I'm down there, uh, there are a lot of patriots in, in border guard and border guard. What do you want to call them? The, the people that are supposed to be guarding our borders, most of them are actually facilitating the invasion of the United States. You'll see them pushing back bloggers. You, the, the mainstream media, of course, is nothing but uh, what are they? I mean, they're just paid ink, right? Yes. Uh, again, e the fact that you and I can even talk shows that we still we have not lost, right? We still have voices. That Alex Jones was just reinstated on X, not that you know, mm. not that it's X awesome. is the end all and be awesome. all, but it's important, right? But yeah. I still see people going, "Well, he shouldn't be back on X." They're talking about Sandy Hook again, and, and where where and, and nobody can seem to find where he actually said the things that they claim, right? Uh, but I mean, he he did say some things which he apologized for, but anyway. But the bottom line is, they're not talking about the death jabs. They're not talking about almost probably everybody watching this knows somebody who took the jab and either died or is seriously ill. I know quite a few people who died and a lot more who have been, looks like they've been permanently wounded, right? And we don't know how this is going to play out through the generations. You know, some of the, you know, any doctor or scientist who says, well, we've done all this research and we know, disregard them if they say it's safe, they are quacks. They will never be anything but a quack because why do we know this? The only way you can follow the scientists to have the science that you can trust, the DES, which was, which was a synthetic estrogen, which was given to women took for fertility. It took 40 years, four, zero years to figure out unborn girls. They were not even born yet. Their mother took DES. These, these girls, as they grew, in, grew in to be women, we're often getting cervical cancer. It took four zero years to figure that out, right? So how would we possibly know with warp speed, I call it warp that it was actually safe. It's clearly not, it's clearly causing uh, massive problems. And, and, and you know, and, and if, it, if, if it's altering DNA, that's a big deal. You realize you were in your grandmother's body, right? Women were in their grandmother's body because all the eggs that you were born with we're in, we're, we're inside of you before you were born. And if you follow that back, you are literally, your the eggs, that, ultimately your, some of your DNA was inside of your grandmother's body. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing to think about. You're directly related to your grandmother and not really? just, you know, yeah. And so, and so if this thing is altering uh, uh, DNA, the sky's the limit. Yeah. And, and it's hurt so many people. You're right. A couple of my friends have gone very public about, uh, you know, the harms that have happened. And, of course, we all know people that have died. And it, it truly is tragic. Um, when you say civil war, I caught that you said we might be heading into civil war. Is that going to be over the election? Is that going to be over this next battle for power in the U.S.? It's, I didn't say might be. It's clear that we're going into civil war. Uh, we're, 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 I mean, now back then it looked like we might be, but it's at this point, the conditions are, are, I mean, it's there. And as somebody who does war, I mean, war is like my job, you might say, not just doing it, but watching it and analyzing it is what I actually do. And, and, uh, you know, by the way, back to Obama, I went to his school in Indonesia. He went to elementary school in Jakarta, right? And, and I, I went to a school and I've got the fly that follows Obama. He's not following me. The, the fly, and when I mentioned Obama, that fly literally came to me. 
I mean, it's like God is telling me something. Here's Obama listening to you, right? <laughs> I went to his Be school. Careful. You know, yeah, Castro comes out of my mouth and a fly just spontaneously generates <laughs> when I mention Obama's I name. wouldn't doubt so you're being the, tracked uh, and traced. I wouldn't have any doubt about that, that they're uh, watching you. But, yeah, oh, it's hard to imagine not, actually. And yeah. um, uh, But I went to his school twice in, in Jakarta. And if you look up, if you look up uh, his school, because uh, you can see it on Google Earth, look at the neighborhood around there. It's like Beverly Hills. This is where all the embassy uh, and all the ambassadors live, all the richest people in Indonesia and foreigners have property there, big swimming pools, big, huge gated communities everywhere. That's where he went to school. He plays up, I'm a poor black child. That is bullshit. He is absolutely wealthy. He doesn't know anything about growing up being an American black kid. He was never an American black kid. He was, he was, he, he, then he went to a rich school in Hawaii. He doesn't know anything. I grew up with black kids since we were puppies playing together in the same sand pit, right? When my mother died, I was raised for two years by a black woman, right? And I was in the army with blacks and I was in combat with black people. I mean, American black people, not just blacks. I mean, and, and there's many different cultures you learn, right? And he plays up like, according to my skin swatch, I have this you know, ancestral knowledge that's so deep. And I know how, what it's like the doors lock when I rock across the street. You know, if any, you know, it's like, get out of here, man. I tell you, I've been all over this world. This is my, what, 96th country, I think, here in Honduras, you know, that I've actually been to, not airport stops, right? And, and I'll tell you what, if you think racism is bad in America, you ain't seen anything. You should go to China. You should see the Chinese communists. They wear it on their sleeves. They look at black people all over the world. It doesn't matter how high your education is. They look at black people as next to animals. And I am set, they say it. That's not me uh, inferring or implying or something. They say it, right, from their mouths. They intend to kill us. They're using idiots like Obama to because he's putting out uh, film work now saying, you know, that white people should be killed when the lights go out, right? I mean, it's a big deal. They plan to make a very serious civil war in which they kill the white people. I was on with Armstrong Williams recently mentioning this, that they plan to, that it's very clear what they plan to do, kill us and then kill the black people. Because once we're out of the way, the only thing standing between killing all the black people in Africa and everywhere else in the world and, and China doing that is, is, is us, actually. Because once we're gone, you got no chance. They're not going to come out with rifle fights in the streets. It's not going to be like that. They're going to poison you. They're going to poison your water. They're going to cut off your food. They're going to starve you to the starve you to death. They're going to hit you with all sorts of biological agents. Cut off the water. Pollute the water. Pollute everything. And 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 you'll just be dead because China is very clear. They plan to become the world. They plan to make the entire world genetically Chinese. That's why Hong Kongers call them Chai Nazis. You know, the Cantonese speaking Hong Kongers who, you know, again, I've spent probably 18 years in Asia, about a year running around China. Like I can tell the difference between Hong Kongers and mainland Chinese, they look different to me, right? They look different to each other. They speak different languages. They have different cultures. They are as different, Hong, you know, Cantonese speaking Hong Kongers are as different from Han Chinese as are, say, Swedish from Italians, right? They are just 
different. <laughs> and and so and 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 the the Han speaking the, the Mandarin speaking Han Chinese are genociding. They're doing a soft genocide on the Hong Kongers. Now, if I say that, many people will go, oh, that's not a genocide. It's like, yeah, it is. You don't know what you're talking about if you say it. I've heard so many people say that. I've been to Tibet. That's a hard genocide. Now they're now it's gone to soft and they because they've mostly done the hard part. When I say hard genocide, I mean like mass murders and that sort of thing, running people off, uh, you know, basically bombing their entire community flat, that sort of thing. And they they're doing the same thing in Xinjiang now. It's sort of a hard and soft genocide. Uh, soft genocide is where they take away your language. You you know you can't speak uh, your language. Your you know they try in in Hong Kong. The, the the Han Chinese who speak Mandarin are teaching the young people that to speak Mandarin to speak Cantonese is basically a low language only only uh, you know basically rednecks you know Chinese rednecks speak that language you know it, it that's a soft genocide where they kind of cause you to move out but don't actually bomb you flat that sort of thing uh, and and so a lot of soft genocides are occurring I've told people in the Panamanian government. Once the United States is gone, which we assume we are absentee at this point, they will kill you or they will run you off. The Chinese Communist Party has no intent of letting you keep that canal or letting you keep Panama. And just yesterday, there was a group of Chinese going into the Darien province and they held up their sign, something about scientific exploration. At, at they, they held up a flag in front of the sign for Darien province. I, I go by that. Area of that border all the time, and but the bottom line is China is out there. They're doing tours now and tour buses around um, around uh, Panama, and and they're clearly staking out what they're going to do. They're going to take Panama, right? And it'll be probably mostly a soft genocide where they just sort of run you off or get everybody to vax. You know, I spent a lot of time in Panama, especially in the last couple of years. Uh, and I, I would stay, I, I was in this uh, mall called Albrook Mall, right? And you'll see just lines of chairs lined up where just Panamanians waiting to be jabbed. And they would get the jab. And so most, the vast majority of Panamanians are jabbed at this point. And we see that there is some, again, soft destruction happening, but it's palpable. We can see it. We can see so many things happening and we can't quite grasp the magnitude because of the cover-ups and the people being thrown offline who mentioned anything about it and that sort of, you know, when the, when the pandemic pandemic first broke out, I was one of the very first people warning about it. I was in Hong Kong at that time. And, uh, and, and that was when they would kick you off of, of, uh, social media for actually calling it a pandemic. Remember that time that, that first two, three months, if you called it pandemic, you would get thrown off of uh, uh, places like Facebook, right? And then it got to be if you didn't call it that, you'd get thrown off, right? Pretty interesting, isn't they it? They change the rules all the time. Let me ask you about Panama. Like, so is is there interest in that whole area? What is the interest? What about Costa Rica, places like that? Costa Rica has no army. And of course, Costa Rica borders Panama. I spent about three months in Costa Rica. It's been a long time ago. Uh, but I've been warning people, you know, Americans are often like, yeah, I'm buying property in Costa Rica as a, I'm like, trust me, they're coming to take all of Central America. They're clear about it. The maps are drawn. And as Panama goes, Costa Rica, you know, will it, well, it'll just right, bleed over. It's right Costa there, Rica. isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, 
I, I like Costa Rica, and uh, I've you Costa Rica is great. Yes, yeah, beautiful place. But uh, when we were there, definitely we saw uh, little Chinese stores, like they call themselves the you know Chinese, and we were a bit surprised, you know, by that. But uh, I can see what you're saying. So what yeah. what is their how is their invasion plan? They're already coming in the border then now in record numbers in, into America and they're coming up through all of these areas. Is this world global domination? Oh, they're crystal clear. They say it. I mean, again, this isn't me wondering and going, well, they want world domination. They say it. They say it in writing. They say it with their mouths. <laughs> you know, they, they say it all the time. And then you turn around and say that and they go, oh, you're, 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 you're a, you're a sinophobe, you know. Anyway, these, these information wars are intense. And as soon as you call, look, you can't accept lies from either side or it's, because it just becomes a lie fest. It, again, it, it, we get drawn into these things. And, and But as soon as you say, hey, that was a lie, people then, you know, as soon as you say, by the way, a lot of those Chinese stores in Costa Rica and Panama, they've been there for a lot of them have been there for over a century. They, a lot of them have been back even 140, 50 years ago. But then there's others that are actually quite new. Not to go into that, but that's a separate issue. Or not an issue, but let's say uh, anthropological story. Uh, but, the, um, uh, but when it comes to calling people out about the lies that are told, Hamas lies like crazy. But so does IDF. As soon as I say IDF, uh, as soon as I say something bad about the Chinese Communist Party, the sinophobe comes out. Oh, you're you hate Chinese. It's like actually I don't. And in fact, I would take a million Hong Kongers right now into the United States. They're hardworking family people. They're they're very serious people. They don't do a lot of crime. But do you think I want a, a million mainland Chinese? Oh no. I, in fact, I would ship every single one of them back to a man and a woman and make them apply. And it will take a few here and there, right? As it benefits us. But as soon as you say something bad, it's a, you're a sinophobe. As soon as you say something bad about, you know, the IDF officer lying, uh, the, oh, you're you you hate Jews, or you're 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 anti-Semite or whatever. So those grenades they throw. Wow. Yeah, I. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no problem. Yeah, it's very disconcerting, you know, Michael, when we talk to guys like you and Anthony, it's disconcerting to our hearts because you're sort of out there showing the reality and you're telling the truth and it's not the news that we're necessarily getting on mainstream. Although I appreciate that Laura Ingram is covering right. uh, the southern border and Fox is willing to touch on these things. But it's very disconcerting. And so I don't want to keep you much longer because I'm so thrilled we've had this much time with you. Yeah. You know, thank you for what you're doing. But um, yeah. what do you suggest to the world? Because this is looming. Yeah, <clears throat> this border will not be closed with the current government that we have. The current U.S. government is the one doing it, right? Period. Uh, it's not the Mexican cartels. Those are just useful uh, people. Uh, they're making a lot of money on the drugs and the human trafficking and whatnot. But, you know, some people say, if we just address the Mexican cartels, it'll go away. That's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. The Mexican cartels are not the ones flying all these people into South America and flying the people in all over the place. U.S. government is the main funder of this, period. IOM or the OIM, depending on your language, the International Organization for Migration, the main funder is the United States. IOM is the main one 
running the system, right? Period. And again, the things that I'm telling you are definitive and you can check them out. It's just the truth. The United States is the one causing the invasion of the United States. That border could be closed. Of course, there's always going to be a few trickle through. We all get that. But you could close 99.9% .9 of it readily, easily. It just takes testosterone to do it. That's all. And common sense. And they're just not hardcore. doing it. They're not yeah. doing it. You, uh, nope. you probably think this has something to do with the UN Agenda 2030 and removing our borders and, you know, take away. Not probably think. They yeah. say. <laughs> they say that. Yeah. It's in there. They say it all the time. You know what I'm getting? You know, Soros is part of that. And he's all about open. As soon as you say Soros, people say conspiracy theorists. And again, those people are quite clownish. The people that immediately are like conspiracy theorists, that's that grenade again. Uh, since I don't know what to do with this conspiracy theorist, they throw that conspiracy theorist grenade. But the bottom line is Soros is very clear about it. He's the open oh. societies guy, right? And he's all about the open borders. And, and, and Bill Gates is all about eugenics. He's all about the death jabs. He's all about releasing the mosquitoes and, and, and the printable meat, which they now print in, in, in Netherlands. I've, I've ordered it in a restaurant. I mean, and, and ordered it, didn't eat it, but I ordered it and, and uh, cut it, looked at it and photographed it, that sort of thing. I mean, it's, uh, they say these things, they do these things. And, uh, and then clowns who don't do their homework or who maybe work for them will actually say, oh, conspiracy theorists. I, I no longer give them even, I don't even argue with, with them anymore. I say, please, I want you to go get your booster, please. And uh, just get your booster and, uh, and be done with it. Because I'm a conspiracy theorist. That jab's fine. Go get it. Piers Morgan, jab up. You know, I'll drive you down. You know, because you're going to need a driver back maybe. So to make sure, I'll be your designated VAX driver, right? So you don't run into anybody that we that, is, that we want to is anyone uh, in the uh, is anyone in the United States taking your um, your broadcasts and and your reporting seriously? Like those that are also in favor of the preservation, like the Democrats are lost, and we got to get rid of Biden, obviously. But are people listening to you? Are you able to access people? You know, true Republicans who care about uh, America. Uh, every day, congressmen email me, message me, text me, that sort of thing. Not just them, but people and a lot. Very serious people. Uh, but they don't have the critical mass, right? Uh, some of the most serious people that you see uh, contact me on a regular basis. Or, or I message them. I supply information to them. A lot of things that you, not just I, it's our team. It's, I say I, but I mean, I personally do a lot of it, but our whole team does it. Look at, look at Anthony Rubin. Anthony Rubin is reaching millions of people now. Uh, Anthony reached out last year and asked me for help go through Darien. And, you know, a lot of people ask and very few people that I'll actually take because I'm, I, I'm you know, I've got tight filters, right? And I thought Anthony was a serious man and very intelligent and honest and so i took him to darien and we spent quite a bit of time down there and then we uh went all across the from texas to san diego on the border and that sort of thing and we're doing force multiplication at one point i got anthony uh, alex jones asked me to come on i said hey i would like to bring this young man named anthony uh, 
uh, Ruben on, who I've been on the border with, and down in, and and Alex said, "Oh, you're force multiplying." You know how Alex is; he he sees immediately what I'm doing. I said, "That's exactly right." And so I've asked people like Anthony, who are very serious men, and, and women. And there's women also that I'm, you know, uh, sort of introducing how to do these things, and 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 asking them. I have one ask in return: force multiply. I'll teach you what I know. I'll get you into this world. I'll get you onto major programs. And I want you to then learn as much as you can learn, find other people and teach them and teach them to teach others, proselytize basically, because we have to build our free information community, right? We have to get it out to millions of people, not per month, but per day. And we, we are doing it. Look at Alex Jones. I mean, that guy is a force of nature. And look, at you know, he was smashed down for a few years. You could tell he was getting smashed and getting hurt, but he didn't, he never quit. He just manned up. And now he's coming through faster. He was already bigger than Joe Rogan before they smashed him down. Now he's gone smaller for a while, but now he's gone, he's reached through Max Q, basically, he's supersonic at this point, and he's really, uh, he's really going orbital. I mean, it, it, I think Alex has yet to see his biggest days, basically, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So all of you, our our ecosystem reaches huge amount, not that I'm within his, we're not all under some umbrella, we're not, but as patriots, we are. Yes. Well, we thank you. Thank you. I hear your phone ringing. It's probably important. I have the feeling like earth shaking things could be happening. So I should let you go. But we appreciate you, Michael. Thank you for fighting. Thank you for the information. Uh, you are welcome back anytime. If you need to report and get the word out, we want to know what you're saying so that we can uh, tell Castro here in Canada uh, that we're not going to stand for it. We're not yeah. going to take it lying down. And uh, we appreciate you. Please be safe as you travel. May God's good graces uh, protect you and his angels be with you. We're, we're really uh, appreciative of your sacrifice. God bless you. And God hope to you. see you in Canada at some point. Please come up here. Michael, we're in the Vancouver area. If you're ever here, we're going to show you around. Thank you. All right. Take care. God bless. Unbelievable. That... That's just fantastic. Uh, you know, I bet the stories uh, that, that Michael could tell would just go on and on and on. And, uh, you know, making friends with Anthony and, and showing each other the ropes of how to, they are literally like CIA, like they're, I mean, better than CIA. You can't trust CIA, I feel like, and the FBI, but, you know, 007 for the country. That's what, uh, that's what's happening. They're going down to show, listen, we're being invaded something is going on and people are asking a lot of questions my website's laurelin.tv thank you very much for watching uh we've gone a bit long with michael so we're going to um just get to it we appreciate all your support your kindness thank you for uh supporting this kind of journalism so that we can get the word out we can tell the truth shame the devil jt and i wake up every single day trying to get the best stories the best people to tell you the truth about what's going on and so some of what you hear sometimes uh, you will never, ever hear on mainstream media. So thank you for supporting us. The only way that we can do this is by your good uh, graces, your kindness to us. And we appreciate it more than you could ever know. You can donate anonymously at that donate button that you see right there um, on the screen. You can also become a monthly partner if you could, you know, 
uh, you'd like to sort of be here with us on an ongoing basis or a one-time gift, it means so much you have no idea. It is literally how we keep going. We don't give up no matter what, whether we have a good month financially or a bad month, you know, and it is really a uh, sink or swim around here. You know, sometimes it's, it's feast or famine. And when we get your donations, we just, every day, we just say, thank you, God, for those that are giving to us. We pray blessings on you. We pray that God would sustain your life for being prudent enough to support us. We know that this is good ground and that we are investing personally in many ways, not just with your finances into what this does, but we are investing personally with our energy, our resources, and our skills to be able to bring this to you. So it matters to us uh, that, you, that you care about us and that we matter to you. That matters. Thank you so very much. I want to leave you um, today with this. I went to Isaiah 43. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. <clears throat> he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Have you been through some deep waters? Have you been through some personal storms? If not, what we're going through as nations, we go through personal storms as well. Have you faced the fire? God says, I will be with you. It says here, when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. You won't be taken out by that storm. You know that rushing river that you can't control? Something is going on and going down and you don't know how to make it better. You've lost control. It's out of your hands. You can't fix it. He says, I will be with you. Through the waters, through the raging river of a storm in life. And look at this. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Are you going through a, a furnace experience? You feel like the fires are raging around you? Man, our, our nation feels like we're going through a fire. We're going through a rushing, raging river. Well, all kinds of things happen to us personally as well. Financial, emotional, relational, fires, rivers, waters that attempt to consume us. And God's promise, let me remind you, it's in Isaiah 43. His promise is, I will be with you. That river, it will not drown you. Those waters will not consume you. And that fire, you will not be burned by it. So declare today that you believe in God's powerful word, that you do, not, you, you do not stand with what your eyes and your senses can see. That's man's report. That's just what the enemy wants to inflict fear on you with. Stand sure. May your, your feet be solid on the rock that is Christ Jesus. 
that he will not let you go, that you will not be burned. It says here, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He promises that he will never leave you or forsake you. Here's what the enemy does. The enemy wants you to have a different idea of what's going on. The enemy wants you to believe that you will drown in, in that raging river, that that storm, it's gonna take you out. In fact, you might even feel suicidal at times. You feel like, I don't think I'm ever gonna get through this. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a blazing lie. That fire that looks like it's going to consume you, God says, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. And you know what? Sometimes the only difference between success and failure is that you don't give up and you hold steady and you hang on to the promise of God that he will never leave you. He is right there. Believe that. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.